Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Some quick Pac-12 news and then we'll get to Will Snowden. Gordon, this coming from the San Jose Mercury News, John Wilner. The Pac-12 announced today that it will allow for voluntary in-person athletic workouts for all uh, sports to commence on June 15th, subject to the decision of each individual campus and where permissible by relevant governmental entities. Uh, The decision to update the conference pandemic policy was made at a meeting of the Pac-12 CE. CEO group earlier today and follows the decision last week by the NCAA to permit conferences and schools to reopen for on-campus voluntary athletically related activities in all sports from June 1st. Here's the, uh, the I guess, the flair that I would send up on that kind of deal. I just read an article that said, according to data, in 17 states, including California, the number of new COVID-19 cases is rising. Currently rising? Yep. Okay. So, you know, it's. I saw that, uh, that New York reported the fewest number of daily COVID-19 deaths since the pandemic began. So there, there is, there are more optimistic trends and more pessimistic ones out there. But if the number of new cases is rising in California, I, I don't know how that's going to work. What is the uh, percentage of positive tests in California? Have you followed that stat? I don't know. Because that's, that's been an important one uh, in, in all of this as our testing capability as a, as a country has increased. You know, it, uh, I think that's been an interesting stat to follow because I think sometimes total cases, and this is just my opinion here, I think total cases can be a bit misleading. For example, at the beginning of this whole thing, there were literally only hundreds of tests in this country. So, you know, the, the likelihood of the people who tested positive for it at the beginning of this being the only ones that had it are obviously extraordinarily low because we didn't have any information because we couldn't possibly test for it. So now that our testing capability has really increased, um, I think it's important to, ta- to keep an eye on that uh, that uh, positive testing percentage. I believe in the state of Utah, we're still at about 4.2. I know last week we had one really bad day that was somewhere around 7 or 7.5. But at least here locally, that, that number compared to where we're at nationally is in Utah much, much lower. But I believe nationally we're starting to get down below 10%. So, uh, you know, you look at look at the stats. I think that's been important in all of this. Uh, but that's one particular stat I've kept an eye on, Gordon. Yeah. And it's it's I, I see exactly what you're saying. And obviously, from a percentage standpoint, that's really important to see that which way the trend is going. But if if <laughs> so, so everything is dependent on accurate data. Right. <laughs> but if more people. If a lot of people, I'll say it that way, continue to come down with this, uh, it's it's frightening because for every one case you see, we know how the thing spreads. So, whereas the capability too, and I think that's where the uh, the smarts come in. 
you hope people, I mean, we're talking about voluntary workouts here in, in college football and the Pac-12, actually all sports. And you'd hope they provide an environment that uh, makes the risk less likely for these college students to resume uh, their activities. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to take uh, some real intelligence to do it a responsibly, a responsible way. Um, Got to take care of these people as best you can. Safeguard them. Yeah, and I, I don't know, um, you know, I, I think uh, a workout, a voluntary workout for a campus is far from a super spreader event. And I think that's important to, to keep in mind because that's when things get exponential. And that's what mitigating risk is, is all about, is uh, you take out the riskiest situations and you hope that really makes an impact on the overall impact on the on the community so but this is where it gets tricky jake because like if you have a football team and you're bringing them in uh okay so the 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 devil is in the details how, how do you what do you do if one of those players gets it uh, you know you treat them you you treat them but what about all the teammates that they have been tackling and blocking and you know uh, this is this is where it gets very, very trickly tr- tr- tricky and ticklish i guess both of those things uh to to uh, keep it as safe as possible well, and, and everyone that they're exposed to as well uh definitely uh things to consider uh no doubt about it let's uh let's get out to the sprint special guest line gordon sprint they make it safe and easy to get what you need online visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability of course he helps us with our byu coverage right here on the zone radio networks he also uh is uh, involved well the owner i believe of alpha recruits and i want to talk to will about that but he is the one and only will snowden who's with us here on the big show will first and foremost how are you and yours everybody doing all right hey we're doing all right man how you guys doing it's good to hear your voice live i'd like actually be talking to you i'm always (laughs) listening but just to hear it live it's good to talk to you, Will. Uh, glad everything. Uh, glad everything is well in this weird time to be in this world of sport. And I, I want to start out uh, talking to you a little bit about Alpha Recruits and what life is like for college football recruits at the moment. Well, it's pretty crazy right now. I mean, <laughs> so uh, this has been obviously uh, a pretty strange time um, the recruiting has been different um, and, and we work with a lot of kids that you know alpha's goal is to be division two prospects and train them educate them and market them to a level where they can be you know FCS division one double a pro, uh, prospects and then we do the same no matter what level I have them eva- evaluated at is to say okay I think he's a one double a evaluation um, but obviously the goal is one double a in division one there's not that there's not that big of a difference it's little inches that will make oh him not make it to say Utah State or Utah or be a be that level of player it might be height it might be speed it might be technical. Um, but regardless of what it is, we, we want to fix those things. So right now we've been spending a lot of time training kids, spending more time training, uh, working on the running, um, the, the movement, and just getting it out to coaches. But I've been spending a lot of time, literally six, seven hours a day, on the phone with coaches from across the country. How is it different now under these COVID-19 circumstances as opposed to uh, what you've been accustomed to through the years? Well, really, the the biggest thing is usually 
my my spring situation is I usually take sixty calls um, when spring starts, right? Where all the coaches coming in through, and they'll just ask me about kids, what schools they should really be hitting. Is there anything that who are the who's under the radar? Those type of things where the kids coaches are actually able to come and see them and get eyes on them. Now they don't have the ability to get any eyes on kids as far as just seeing them face to face. So they've had to take my word for it a little bit more and anyone else who's out there trying to give information about uh, recruits. Um, so I think the biggest thing is not having the access to come on campus and see the kids. And also the spring, I mean, a lot of spring recruiting is done by kids coming on campus. And now kids haven't been able to come on campus. So it really has changed a lot. Um, you know, the opportunities, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the 2021 class um, ends up because you have a lot of kids who have been putting in work and they're going to be great prospects going into 2021, but coaches might not be as aware of them as they usually were because they didn't get eyes on them. And then also they didn't get a chance to see them live in camp. So, well, essentially that makes you more important than you were before. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you always put things so eloquently, uh, so so nicely, Gordon. I mean, that's why I love you. I mean, that's why you've gotten to where you are. Yes, the truth is, yes, right? <laughs> I'm definitely talking to even more coaches, and they do have to take um, – they're really looking for evaluations daily. And um, we're talking to everyone. I'm talking Big 12, Pac-12, Mountain West Conference, the Big Sky. Uh, we're hitting a ton of back east, back east schools. But, you know, offer recruits, we really do specialize in the, the Utah the Utah athlete, um, guys that might be serving missions, um, because you want to target the right schools. There are so many recruiting services out there that, you know, they offer so many things and promise so many things. But at the end of the day, um, they don't, they don't even know which schools to really target who are really interested in signing a missionary, um, a, a sign and send. It, it really is a lot that goes into making sure the Utah athlete is taken care of because Utah, uh, we really do play great high school football, and the athletes are just getting better and better and better. And I think that you're going to see Utah be, can continue to be a hub for big schools to come in and recruit. You know, Will, uh, training, of course, is a big part of what you guys do there at Alpha Recruits. And a big story, as you know, in professional sports is, you know, how have these athletes maintained uh, game shape or staying in shape, continued to work out and, you know, the lead ups to the season and those sorts of things. How have your guys uh, been able to continue to work out? How challenging has that been? Well, it has been challenging finding locations. You know, obviously, we took a little, a couple weeks off of really getting out, but then we just had small groups of people. And I, I think, you know, the professional guys, they, you know, they, they have everything they need usually in their homes, or they can get out and run and, and do certain things. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just not being able to train with your with your teammates or train the same way with the same energy. But what's happened is this has also been a positive for us is we've been able to take you know, a lot of kids and work them out in smaller groups. So they're getting a chance to compete against top level talent in state. And also we brought back a lot of our college guys that we had placed or worked with through high school and we're training them as well. So speed work, they're going to go back to camp in great shape. Um, so there's a lot of those guys, in-state guys who play for Utah, BYU, Utah State, Weber, SUU, Dixie. We've seen it all. Snow College. We have there, there, we have people playing all over the state. We've got Boone Abbott's been back. He's been one of our kids that we've worked with from Hawaii. He's been throwing and running with us. Um, so, so we have a really good group of guys to to work out with and to continue to develop the skill, whether you're already in college or you're in high school right now. 
Do these younger kids, do they worry about this particular season and the fate of it coming up? Or are they more interested in the long term and, and just getting that darn scholarship? Or what's going through their minds? A lot of nerves, uh, Gordon. I mean, there's a lot of nerves with it. I mean, obviously, everyone's just hoping and praying that they get a chance to play, and things are looking much better right now. Obviously, we hope that um, we continue trending the way that we're trending. But I think that the younger guys are kind of thankful that that they're younger, um, that they have some time at least to, to not miss a season, or or even if they did miss a season, they could still come back and play. Um, there is a lot of stress with the guys who are 2021 prospects. They're going to be seniors this year there's a lot of nerves particularly if they did not play a lot as a junior or a sophomore or whatever they haven't been able to put out the film um and and, you know there are late bloomers you know there are guys that you know for whatever reason don't get a chance to really be the guy until their senior year and those guys usually end up falling like you know under the radar might fall in the mountain west conference or they'll fall to an fcs program like weber state or suu and go on to have a great a great seat a great career but with no season, it makes it very tough for a guy who's under the radar. So we have guys all over the all over the map, guys who are, you know, obviously very nervous. Their their anxiety's up. Um, really, just praying and hoping that they get a chance to to play one more season. And uh, and I feel confident that they will get that opportunity. Jake, let me follow that up if you'll let me. Uh, uh, I find that fascinating. Do you think that late bloomers somehow benefit from that? the situation they find themselves in because they're more determined now they're they're more driven they have something to prove as opposed to somebody who blossomed early and it's kind of been easy for them yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they have a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. Uh, so let me give you an example. So my, my youngest son, Smith, well, both of my boys play college football. Um, we, so we're, we're a football family, obviously, starting from my dad and my brother and myself and then my sons. Um, we've been a football-heavy family. And I have a freshman who's a 2023, and I'm really not trying to plug him. I'm just telling you the truth. He's a very, very – he's an elite athlete. He'll be one of the best corners to come out of the state of Utah. And he has a lot of schools on him already, right? So he's getting early attention. And there's those kids who get that early attention, and there's other kids who uh, don't get that early attention. So I do think it affects them where they have a chip on their shoulder and they're able to go out there and really have – they bloom late, their junior year. Um, you're going to see a kid um, a kid that we work with. His name is Brennan Mangum. He's out of uh, – corner canyon high school he'll be one of the best offensive linemen d linemen in the state this year but you know he's 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 really went to work uh this offseason i mean he's you know 40 pounds bigger he's strong he's moving great but not a lot of people know about him because he he is a late bloomer so so i do think that to answer your question yeah i do think it drives them i think it it, it obviously disappoints them to, to see that people are getting so much attention at a young age and it's just getting younger and younger in the recruiting age now because you know coaches like to really find their kids as early as the eighth grade if they can right they want to get a head start on the recruiting game and they want to you know they can evaluate quickly to see um what they think is going to be great long term um so those kids do get missed a lot but if you watch the nfl draft then you see them end up getting drafted right because they they peak not early and i always want to the way that we train and mentor kids is we want kids peaking at the right time and sometimes you can peak too early you guys have probably seen that before in your your years of experience where a kid is just he's really really great but he stays that same level and everyone catches him 
Um, so a lot of these guys who are peaking late, um, they end up being some of the best college football players you'll ever see. Our friend Will Snowden is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Switching gears to BYU a little bit, Will. Uh, having a truncated spring uh, spring ball and limited off-season workouts, I would imagine that's going to have more effect on some teams than others. For example, Utah's uh, got a really young team, right? I'm sure Kyle Whittingham would have wanted every second of practice he could get. But how do you think it will affect BYU? Yeah, well, I, I think each, each school is all the same, and, and um, obviously – you know, BYU, I think they ended up with two practices, two or four practices, I can't remember, um, but not enough. So so I think that the thing about BYU is they were obviously looking forward to a great spring because if you if you look at the at the at their QB one, um, Zach Wilson, he had not he has never had a full spring because he was hurt. You know, obviously he came in um, as a freshman and didn't take a lot of reps. Um, then he ended up playing, but then he got hurt his freshman year. Um, so he didn't get a full spring. So this would have been his full spring to really, for him to get better uh, and for the coaches to really identify what they have at quarterback, right? Because you have three that can really play. So I think that the biggest thing is for Kyle, um, for Kalani, for, for Gary, for all of the coaches in state, you always want spring ball to get, you know, to sharpen things, but also – that quarterback race and, and quarterback play is just such a big deal at every level. It doesn't matter what the level is, little league to college to the NFL. Uh, you have top level quarterback play. You're going to win a lot of games. And I think that that's the biggest hurt for BYU is not is Zach Wilson not getting a full spring to actually get better. And I'm not saying he's not great. I'm just saying you need those reps. That's the time that you really get better, get gelling. Um, get understanding the offense better, get your timing down. So I do think it's going to affect BYU quite quite, quite a bit, but I think it's going to affect Utah as well because they're both of those, you know, Utah's going with a new quarterback. BYU is not going with a new quarterback, but they have a quarterback who has not taken a full, has never had a full spring ball. Healthy. Well, you mentioned earlier about an eighth grade uh, prospect. How often – you, know, you hear these stories about how USC offered some kid when he was like 12 years old or something like that. How, how often does, the, does that sort of thing go on? How, how, many, how many 10th graders have, uh, have offers lined up? A lot. Um, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, it, it, it's, I guess I want to be fair. I mean, if you, look at, if, you look at, if you guys went and looked at all of BYU's offers that they have out right now, and go look at all of Utah's offers that they have out. Look at all the schools that uh, their offer list. You'll see that the, you know there's 2023, 2024s that have offers. Um, so it's just getting younger. It just, it really is getting younger. And there's several reasons. I mean, coaches can. I mean, these coaches are paid a lot of money, and they should be able to see potential. Right, so there's certain numbers that they're looking for. Um, so I know the way that BYU likes to look at their recruiting is they want to first, if you're looking at a skilled player, can he run? And if you can run really well at a young age, um, let's you know we're 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 hoping that you're going to continue to get faster, more explosive, um, stronger, bigger. So that's why they want to get on there because the recruiting the recruiting world is really about relationships, right? You have to build a relationship with the coaching staff, um, with the kid. And uh, the earlier you can start building the relationship, the stronger it's going to be. Um, so that's why I think coaches are offering kids at a young age because they want to know, they want the kid to know that they're high on them now, and they want to build a relationship with them over the next three, four, five years, even. 
Will, it is. And then also, and then let me add one thing. Yeah, sure. And then also, a lot of those aren't committable. So, so people have to understand the difference between an offer and a committable offer. Um, so coaches are smart. They, they, they are able to start building a relationship with a kid who has a lot of potential. But if that potential falls off, um, so do they. <laughs> Will, it is so great to have you on the show. We were very much looking forward to it. Glad to hear you're still keeping yourself busy. And we'll have to bug you again real soon. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. You have a great day. Love the show. Keep on doing what you do. Thanks, Will. Thanks, Will. Will Snowden, uh, our good friend, of course, he helps us uh, with uh, with our BYU coverage during the football season right here on the Zone Sports Network and also uh, runs Alpha Recruits. And I, I, I was glad we had him on today, Gordon, because you think that recruiting world, it's got to be kind of a bizarre time there. And you, you summed it up. Guys like Will probably are even more important during this whole thing. Man, I, I, I really like Will. He is smart. He's a great and dude. He's on top of it. Uh, he... It's nice to know that there's somebody like that out there working with and advising kids. Yep. And he's got a great family, too. Got a chance to to meet them doing some uh, pre- and post-game work down there at JCW's and absolutely uh, dialed in into the scene of local uh, football around here, Gordon. Obviously, not just not just college football, but we're lucky to have him come on. And uh, big thanks to him for doing so. Uh, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, out there helping our listeners that might be struggling, uh, struggling a little bit in the bedroom. Yeah, we are. And uh, we're helping guys with erectile dysfunction in a different and unique way. Um, so many guys think that if they get ED, Maybe they've got a hormone problem, or maybe they've got a psychological issue, or, you know, a whole host of things. And maybe some of those can contribute, but a recent study showed that I think it was over 90% of erectile dysfunction is caused by old and aging blood vessels, which is kind of interesting that this is a blood vessel issue. It's a blood flow issue, kind of a plumbing issue. Our treatments address exactly that. They do not treat the symptoms. They address the blood flow issue, and that eliminates the need to medicate. Uh, We're seeing a lot of guys that are getting back to normal and natural function. I think all guys can probably think back in their lives when things worked like it should in the bedroom, you know, spontaneity, natural, didn't have to stress. The acoustic wave therapy technology that we use accomplishes exactly that. You know, Andrew, I'm sure you uh, you get asked all the time, you know, wow, does this really work? And it is fairly new, but we're all into science and studies these days as we follow the coronavirus. There's some really interesting studies and in science that's out there right now on Acoustic Wave, right? Yeah, there is. And I would invite guys to do their research. Um, the science page at WasatchMedicalClinic.com has some of the studies, and there's more and more coming out all the time. The FDA cleared this technology as a class two registered device in 2011. Um, if, if a guy's ever heard of plantar fasciitis, that's the bottom of the foot, you know, uh, foot pain. This is FDA approved for that. So it's been used on other parts of the body. And somewhere along the line, they decided this needs to be used for erectile dysfunction. And that's exactly what we do. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. Get on that schedule because lots is free right now. Lots is free. If you're wondering if you're a good candidate or if you're sick of the pills, you want a long-lasting fix for erectile dysfunction, uh, call us now. We'll do the assessment for free, the exam for free. We'll do the blood flow ultrasound for free. And we'll throw in a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. 
801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions, backed by an industry leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Uh, Gordon, there's a report out there answering a question. That you, sir, uh, posed last hour when we were talking about the return from the uh, return of the NHL. You asked about the uh, the testing and how often that would happen. Yes. Well, ask, and we shall find an answer. According to Gentry Estes, who is a sports columnist for the Tennessean. Oh, good. He has reported. He says the NHL's plan, once 24 teams are in the hub cities for postseason games, is to test all players for COVID-19 every evening," said Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. Wow, wow, that's a lot of testing. So there's the answer to your question. That that's more than I would have expected. I wonder if I wonder if other leagues are going to have to meet that standard. Uh Hmm. I don't know. I don't know because you don't even play that often. Well, you know, in hockey, you're going to play hockey. Will be very similar to the NBA. I bet teams will play pretty much every other day in this situation with no travel. Um, I don't know how many back to backs we'll see, uh, but I bet teams will play every other day. So. so, so according to this, they'll be tested even on off days. Huh? Right. Well, how is that working? Are they having access? Uh, are they having uh, 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 close proximity to family members? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure. I, I did not see that in the yeah. uh, in the details that that were re- released. But they they must have some sort of rapid testing. It must be going through a private company. I'm sure, which is what these leaks are going to do. Right. Because mm-hmm. if you're waiting, uh, you know, 24 hours to get results from a test, which you know in the public standard would be extremely quick. I mean, that obviously defeats the purpose of testing every day. Right, so right. they must uh-huh. have some sort of rapid system in place. In fact, what, what sport was considering a lab in Utah for doing that? There was, baseball. was that baseball? Yeah, I think I read that. So there's, there's your answer there. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of nose swabs, but I guess so, when there's millions of dollars on the line. All right. We don't need to get into the specifics or the details, but I, is, are there tests you can take that aren't quite as uh, intrusive I'm sure as they, uh, some of them? I'm sure there are, but what do we have access to? Yeah. I mean, at the, yeah. at the beginning of this whole COVID thing, remember we meant, uh, we, we read about the booths in South Korea where you just step into a booth and it tells you if you've got it? I think that's what it was. Uh, I, uh, you know, there's some technology that's out there. I just don't know if the... NBA or really we in this country have access to that sort of thing. Certainly your, certainly your everyday Austin Horton does not. Well, that's what you know as far as Austin's got I a testing machine in his basement. I saw a news report out of Canada over the weekend where a news reporter went and had the test done on camera. It was very, 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 very in 
uh, or rather uh, non-invasive. Invasive. In Canada? Oh, really? In Canada. It was literally, it looked like the, the same width and length as a toothpick. Went in her nose and back out that quickly. Interesting. So I don't know if they did that for the dramatics of the news report, but it looked very much uh, a more simple test than what we have right now. Well, I'm sure these, these leagues can afford the technology, but I, I wonder if we don't find out exactly the method they're doing it because we don't have access to that technology as, a, as an overall public, and they are. At least the NBA is being very sensitive about that perception. So oh, well, they need to be. They do need to be careful with that, Jake. Oh, I agree. I agree. Is testing now prevalent enough to handle everybody who who feels the need to be tested? I don't know. I don't know if I'm qualified to answer that no, question. I, I don't I, know either. I would think if that were the case, they'd go ahead and say, "All right, everybody, go get tested," which they have not done that. Um, but I know Austin and I were talking about it during the break. Testing numbers have really lagged in the state of Utah. I, uh, we had some low days as far as testing goes uh, last week. So I don't know if that indicates that everybody who wants to have one has gotten one or, or what. But at least here in this state, you still at least have to fake a symptom to get to get a test. And I, I don't even think they'd care if you faked a symptom at this point. But they have not. If they were really prepared for everybody to get tested, I, I they would have removed all those restrictions by now, right? Well, um, I think uh, all the leagues are going to have to be sensitive to the, how they go about doing this. But a lot of people are going to get caught up and just they're so eager to have their sport back, you know, or some sport back. You saw how many million people did you say were watching the match on Sunday? Uh, at the peak, it was like 6.3, and then it averaged, averaged 5.8. 5.8, there you go. Wasn't that higher than, like, uh, major tournaments? Yeah, they, there's, there's never been a higher golf event on cable television. That's that's remarkable, but people are hungry to – and that was really cool. i got to admit, we talked about it earlier, but uh, uh, a wise man once said that radio is not linear. But I, I just to have those guys mic'd up and have them talking back and forth, it was it was it was nice. I mean, I know that in a real tournament, let's face it, if Tiger and, and Phil are playing at the U.S. Open or the Masters, they're probably not going to be chattering a whole lot. Although, wouldn't it be interesting to listen to the discussion between a caddy and a player? I think they I, should. I, I loved it. I, I love that stuff. Well, Gordon and I, I brought this up with PK this morning when I was filling in with him. You know, if you watch a NASCAR broadcast, which I know you do often uh, because you are uh, you are into it. Um, Ray, Robin is racing. Their uh, their communication. They they put it on TV. The communication between the the crew chief and the driver. That's fascinating stuff. Yeah, it, it it really adds to it. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest NASCAR fan, but that's that's a really cool part of the broadcast. I think if golf would would implement more of that, it would make a huge difference. Uh, it, it, you know, Tiger Woods, the the big the reason Tiger was so valuable to golf, Gordon, is because he brought a different audience, more of an audience, a more broad audience to golf, where it wasn't just golf fans watching these tournaments. It was your everyday Joe, not your passionate golf fan. And that's why we saw numbers and revenues explode on the PGA Tour when he was around. That Golf hasn't replaced that. You know, there's not a player on tour right now that is must-watch television. Uh, there's a lot of fine young golfers, 
and there's a lot of great storylines, and the golf geeks uh, love it as much as ever. But your overall public, there's not a Tiger Woods anymore. So whatever you could do to make your your sport more palatable, more watchable, I think they should look at it. I, I think you're right on the money. They air some of those communications. And, yeah. and maybe you edit it first or you you play those segments taped late or something. I don't know if you want to be sensitive to content. You know, I don't know how, you know, blue some of the language is or, or whatever. Oh, well, come but, on. It's golf. So it's extreme, extremely uh, inappropriate. But figure yeah. out a way to bring that part of the game to the television viewing audience. I think there's a lot of value there. I think it makes it a lot more interesting product. Okay, a couple of thoughts there. I agree with you completely on that. Uh, The second thought is, do you think more people were drawn in to watch Tom Brady and and Peyton Manning, even though it's not their sport, or maybe especially because it's not their sport, to watch them play? Because they are football players. Who do you think... Okay, here's a question, and I, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm curious to know what your thought is on it. Have more people watched Tom Brady play football than have watched Tiger Woods play golf? At one time, certainly. Well, you're because talking about total? You know what the numbers are for this freaking Super Bowl. Well, that's what I'm saying, to- at one time. Yeah. And so I wonder if having those football players on the golf course – all kinds of dynamics, but having the communication between the players, having the informality of it, having uh, having Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson involved in the thing, all of it combines together to capture people. And, and the fact that there's not a whole lot else going on right now in the world of sports, all of that worked together to bring people to watch. I, all I can tell you is I loved it, and I, I watched it, and I knew it didn't it didn't matter. I mean, it was nice to see the numbers for contributions for charity for the COVID-19 relief and all that. I love to see that number climb the way it did. I love to see Brooks Kepka come in and say, hey, I'll give you a hundred grand if you do this or do that. I mean, that, that, that was just cool. And I, I think the more relatable athletes can become to their audiences, the better it is. Now, on the other hand, you talked about Tiger Woods. Remember when Tiger was on top at his peak, there was mystery about Tiger Woods. There was stuff we didn't know about him. And that seemed to even add more to the mystique. So I don't I, I think it would be fun case by case for people to be able to get an inside view of what's going on. But on the other hand, sometimes <laughs> they, they might not be all that intrigued by what they're seeing or hearing. I, I think you know? it would. I think it would add to it. I certainly do. Well, uh, it certainly was fun on Sunday to watch those guys. I, I love it. And, and, and Jake, they were, it, it was almost as though, uh, they were just like one of the guys in your in your foursome, you know, on your weekly round. You know, guys, that, like I mentioned earlier, Peyton Manning telling Tiger Woods to pull the flag for him. And, and Tiger standing next to him, and he has to walk all the way over, pick up like he's somebody's caddy, pick it up, lay it down, whatever. And, and <laughs> I just love that sort of thing because so many of us who play golf can relate to that at one level or another. And you never see Tiger doing that ever on television. And he probably doesn't do it <laughs> hardly hardly at any time because he's always got people around him who take care of that kind of thing. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. It's the Not Sports Report. Bowlers on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. There are places I remember Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. It is time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to uh, Pensacola, Florida. All right. This has a bit of a sports connection, but the real thrust of it has nothing to do with sports. Or... At least it might not. The minor league ball club, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, Jake, they are now Airbnb-ing their entire stadium for $1,500 a night. That is awesome. If I were you, I would jump on something like that 100%. Can you? Let's think about this for a second. Can you imagine the kind of party you could have in the stadium, and, and, and there's a picture of the stadium here, and it's a really cool stadium. It's a waterfront stadium. It's yes. beautiful. Well, how, it's can, how right. can you have a great party? You can have like five people come. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? No, you can spread out very widely inside a stadium. So uh, invite 100 people and not talk to anybody? Just have five pockets of five of that's 25 social people. I, I think but it doesn't lim- sound like a real raucous party I, to me however I, I think they're limiting the number of people who uh who can be a part of it well that's what i'm saying a, a, yeah a party with five but people still, at it but, is it exactly okay, raucous? but you could but you could have a party with 10 a and, good party you know, with 10 i guess it'd have to be the 10 most fun people in the world or whatever the number is jake think about what you can do with a baseball field in a stadium. And if you want to spend the night, then you sleep in the clubhouse. You know how those clubhouses are? And you know what? Even, even this is a double-A, I believe, uh, outfit. That, 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 that stadium, that field, the, the diamond is immaculate. Wouldn't you sleep in the outfield? Why would you sleep you in could. the clubhouse? You could sleep wherever you want. Man, how hard up for dough is this team? Yeah, well, no, no one's playing there. Uh, so. Hey, I like the I like the ingenuity of it all. I think it's great. Figure okay, out a so, way to to keep the lights on however you can. Okay, so what would you do? What would I do? What would your party look like? Let's say that you could invite your ten best friends, whoever you want. See, here's the thing: I'd almost rather have the run of the stadium with just like one other person. <laughs> like if you can't throw a really great party because you can only have a few people, you just, just give me one other person and let us just, you know, have at the place, right? Just somebody to pitch BP a couple of times, and then I feel like I could uh, explore from there. Uh, what, what do you mean explore? What, what else know. do you have in mind? I don't know. Go check it out. See what's uh, see what the clubhouse is like, like you said, and then like Austin said, maybe maybe camp, maybe a fire in center field. <laughs> 
All right, right now, I want to know, if, it were, if you were to invite 10, who would those 10 be? And would Austin and I be involved? Well, no. Well, Austin. Hey. Would. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, sure. You both would be there. <laughs> yeah, that uh, sounded sincere, <laughs> didn't it, Austin? Yeah. And uh, let's see, who would I who would I go with after that? Uh, I'd have to go I want names. Del Curry, Bimbo. No, Coles, no, no. I'm talking about your friends. Uh, I'm and, not talking about t- some fantasy lineup. Antonio Freeman, Jim <laughs> Druckenmiller, Ace Custis. <laughs> Uh, let's see oh, uh, here. What the, the, the? Who else can I think of? Who was the? What, who was, Jim Druckenmiller, the Cam Chancellor. <laughs> uh, let's see who's that. Uh, the uh, Tyrod Taylor. Could have him there. The now uh, starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yep, the Tyrod very, Taylor. the very one and, uh, and the same. I'm not talking about a fantasy lineup. I'm talking Bud about Foster. who would who would you invite that are your friends? I don't know. You don't know any of my friends. But they, well, you know some, I suppose. I know. I but just what, wanted but to but embarrass are, you, so you had to name the, the nine others who would be there. Nine others? Now you've kicked Austin off, too? <laughs> I, I feel what the number was. I thought they said it might be a maximum of 10. I, I mean, it might be more than that. I don't know. All I know is this is a beautiful stadium. Jake, uh, you haven't seen it, but Austin, you saw the picture of it. This place is nice. Yep, right there on the waterfront, you got the Pensacola Bay Bridge that goes out past it. You got Pig Leg Pete's. You got the Pensacola Yacht Club just down the street. Gordon likes that. It's a cool idea. I'll give him that for sure. It's a great idea. Austin, what would you do real quick? I would have a a wiffle ball tournament right there on the field. Absolutely. Uh, And then we'd have a fireworks show uh, out in center field, and we'd roast uh, hot dogs and schmores, and and, uh, we would uh, have a home run derby. Why wiffle ball? Why not like a real game or like a slow-pitch softball game? Well, because I I know what me and my friends are capable of, Jake. If if you do slow-pitch, now the, the diamond is out of whack. From a softball. Though. Yeah, but the point of playing wiffle ball is you play hey, baseball. Th- hey, 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 this is my Airbnb. <laughs> Fair enough. You asked me what I'm going to do. Yeah, but how you are you? Could, I'm doing it my way. You do it your way. This ain't Burger could, King. You could play football in the outfield if you wanted if to. If you'd like to, play football naked if you want. I don't care. Yeah, but you asked me what I'm doing. Pitching a wiffle ball from the mound, the ball's never even going to make it. <laughs> Where would you eat? Wherever I want. Are they cooking for you or do you have to bring your own food? That I'm not sure of, but would you eat in the outfield? Would you make a picnic and put a table out there? Would you, would you eat in the press box? Would you eat in the in the in the clubhouse? I'd actually eat at home first and then go. Man, I think of all the things you could do with a baseball field of that caliber. Man, that would be fun. All right, we've got Bowler joining us coming up next. Uh, but joining us right now, our good friend from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he is Andrew Reinhardt with us here on The Big Show, helping our listeners with their love lives. What's going on, Andrew? Yeah, that's right, Jake. We are helping with a, a lot of guys with their love lives, and we do it in a way that I think is so attractive, particularly for a guy that is coming off of taking the pill for ED or heaven forbid the injection. There there are a lot of guys out there that are injecting and dealing with some horrible, horrible and permanent side effects. Our treatment is a revolutionary treatment for ED. And by the way, those words, a revolutionary treatment uh, of ED, come from therapeutic advances in urology, which is 
um, a big journal that wrote a bunch of clinical studies about our technology, um, and they call it the future of erectile dysfunction treatment. I, I kind of compare it, I don't know if this is a perfect comparison, but I kind of compare it to when LASIK eye surgery came out. Um, our treatment's not a surgery. It's not invasive like that, but that, that kind of changed things. Men stopped wearing glasses. And in this situation, men are stopping the pill. They're getting normal and natural function in the bedroom. You know, you mentioned the side effects a little bit earlier. I, I'm surprised guys put up with that as long as they do. I would guess you see a lot of guys that are absolutely tired of it. Yeah, they. Uh, I think they take the pill initially, and it works you know, somewhat. Uh, they deal with some headaches the next day. What happens is their body builds up a tolerance very quickly. So they take more and more. Um, the results get get less and the side effects get worse. And, you know, things just kind of head into a bad direction. And that's typically when they call us is when um, the pills haven't been working. The side effects are so bad. Every guy can think back to when things worked in the bedroom naturally with spontaneity, and that's what these treatments can restore. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000 is the number to call to get on the schedule and get in and see the doctor, right? Yeah, see the doctor. Get an exam. Get a blood flow ultrasound. Uh, whether you do the treatments or not, it's very helpful to test your blood flow. Blood flow is an important part um, of our body uh, and, an and a very important factor when it comes to erectile dysfunction. So all of that is free. We're going to give you a little booster that produces instant results in the bedroom free as well. 801-901-8000. Number to call, 801-901-8000. We'll have more coming up next. Uh, thanks, Andrew. We appreciate you. Thank you. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Coming up next... We have Craig Bowler, Jack. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.